9.47 a.m. Hi, baby. I'm, baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to continue with the 9-11 series today. We're going to set up for next time. Next time we're going to go into Osama bin Laden's uh, Letter to America. I'm very excited about that. This time, though, we're going to set up a little bit of the historical context for that letter so we can understand it better. And some of the the Quran-based beliefs that are obvious in that letter. Um, it's common knowledge to, I think, most people that a hatred of the state of Israel is ubiquitous across the Muslim world. And I'm, I'm not saying all Muslims hate Israel, but it's definitely a pattern and it's just everywhere. I don't think that's a contested claim. I think I can say that safely. Um, it's, today I'm going to start digging into why that is. Uh, I'm going to argue to you that, among other factors that are, you know, that are often considered, there's also a very large religious factor that a lot of people in the West we don't pick up on it because we kind of view reality through this. We kind of think we're really secular. We don't realize how secular we are. Like when when someone says "God bless America," that just almost means nothing at all, um, and we don't realize that the rest of the world is not like us, and they see the world differently. Um, so there's a big cultural gap there, and I think religion is just not taken as seriously by us, and it's hard for us to come to grips with that. So we impose all these other things that are going on in a situation. And kind of miss very obvious answers to they're complicated questions, but we miss and obviously there's not just one answer, but we miss a whole lot of the complexity when we just ignore religion. Um, now, what am I talking about with this ubiquitous claim? Um, I've seen it everywhere on the internet, obviously, but I've also seen it in my personal life too. With like uh, my student from Saudi Arabia. Who she was in every other way one of the sweetest people I've ever met, but whenever Jews came up in class, she'd say, "I hate them. I wish they would die," in a way that was so against her personality, where it was just like the Manchurian Candidate or something. It was just like, "What is going on?" And when I questioned her about it, it was always, "They kill children," but not ever any sort of like specific details. And I remember one time I was like. Uh, you ever wish, like, don't, you don't mean you want them to die. You mean you want them to become good people, right? I remember she said, they will never be good people. And so, huh, it's not the sort of nuance and complexity that real situations have. And I'm not saying all Muslims act like this 17-year-old girl from Saudi Arabia. But, I mean, you can find this same sentiment online. If you don't believe me, just go look for it. She's clearly been indoctrinated to hate them. And she has not been taught to see the other side of issues or to deal with complexity or compromise. 
So why is this important? To start off with, Israel is one of the most cited reasons for the 9-11 attacks in Osama bin Laden's letter to America. That's why I'm introducing with this. We'll talk about what that document is more specifically next time. But for now, it's just um, that's part of why this is so important, this question of why they hit Israel. The question of why Israel pisses them off so bad is also important because of the common reasons you hear stated. They don't really make a lot of sense if you start thinking about them critically. To start off with, a lot of the reasons put forward by people actually don't make sense. So like, um, yeah, the Palestinians are displaced and and this is bad, but this doesn't explain why an Islamic organization that's advocating violent jihad in like Afghanistan would care about Israel or, you know, Indonesia. Excuse me. When at the same time, so there, there's other places where Muslims have been displaced, like the Balkans and India and Myanmar. And, and Osama bin Laden's going to mention some of those in his letter, but he does it in like one little piece of a paragraph. It's like it's like two sentences, and then he just has pages spent on Israel. And I feel like that's representative of a wider con- – obviously, it's representative of a wider context. He has a whole terror organization behind him. And there's other terror organizations besides Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda that target Israel. It's just like, duh, I don't need to argue that. Um so, like, looking at just because they're displaced, this does not explain why Palestinians would reject a $300 billion compensation package and the offer of 95% of the land in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, okay? That was a secular answer, and it just failed. It just failed in that situation. We'll talk about that, too. It, it, it doesn't fit the data. Why would they refuse that deal if it was just secular reasons? We've got to stop throwing silly, simple answers to questions like, it's because of colonization, every violent thing that happens in the Middle East, while ignoring what they're telling us. Okay, We've got to start listening to what these people are saying. What book are they quoting from all the time? What moral arguments are they making? We're going to go look into that. I think there's like this fear that we're going to be politically incorrect if we examine and like scaffold our way through religious ideas so instead of thinking it as a religion think of it as a worldview okay just like we would dissect nazism or communism we're going to dissect and we're going to look at cause and effect here we're also told often that israel is hated because of the al-aqsa mosque and other holy sites that are there and uh, that they were in this israelite land or the, the in the land of israel instead of belonging to muslims uh, but actually, this hatred for Israel, it existed before Israel even had access to these areas or even controlled these areas. And even now, the, the state of Israel gives full access to Muslims at these sites. So that can't be the reason. <clears throat> First, I want to start off with some beliefs that are based in the Quran. Okay? And then, you know, you don't have to agree with me, but just listen to this stuff and then see if things start to make more sense when you think about it like this. I know it it made a whole lot more sense of the situation once I looked at it and and examined my own background as a fundamentalist coming out of it and the emotions I had. Okay. 
So looking at the Quran, there's a historical claim by the Quran that Abraham was actually a Muslim. And so were his progeny. And you'll see later, this claim actually has substantial influence on foreign policy. Okay? It undergirds many of Osama bin Laden's complaints. And if you go into it realizing what the Quran says, he makes... He see, he's to, it makes him rational. Okay, he's no longer, oh, I guess he's crazy. That's why he did it. If his premises are true, it makes sense for him to do what he did. Okay, but don't worry. I'll attack his premises. Okay, is premises the plural of premises? Per, I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. The following is from Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2, Ayah 132. Quote, Abraham enjoined the faith of his children, and so did Jacob, saying, My children, God has chosen the faith for you. Do not depart this life except as Muslims. They replied, We will worship your God and the God of your forefathers. I skipped down a little bit. Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac. One God. To him we submit as Muslims. Okay, and there's another... I mean, it's everywhere, but here's another example, just so we have multiple attestation here. From Surah 2, Ayah 140. Quote, or do you claim that Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the tribes were all Jews or Christians? Say, who knows better, you or God? Who is more wicked than he that hides a testimony he has received from God? God is never heedless of what you do. So in other words, don't even try to lie and say that they were Jews. Because God's watching and God knows the truth. Um, and in uh, Surah 2, Ayah 126-31, to 31, you see a little story there about Abraham and Ishmael building the Kaaba, which is the, in Mecca in Saudi Arabia. So you can see it's all tied up into history. Can you see how Israel would make an issue with this? It's, it, so Israel, you know, historically arguing for its own existence, it is tied to history. Memories of the exile predate Islam. By over a thousand years. They say this is our land. This is our people. This is where we're supposed to live. But this is a problem because its very existence is an existential threat to Islam. Think about it. It strikes right at the heart of Islam because if they are really there and they really were there for you know thousands of years and they really were Jews and actually Jewish and not Muslims... This whole thing starts to unravel. Everything Muhammad said starts to look ridiculous. Judaism starts to look older. Judaism starts to look more true. Islam starts to look like something that came along later and is false. Islam started in the 7th century. If you're asking a secular source or a historian, if you're a Muslim, it would be, you know, Islam was always the way, you know, praise be to Allah. Um... But Islam started in the 7th century with Muhammad. There was a power vacuum left by the collapse of Rome. Um, much like the Ottoman Empire's collapse later made a power vacuum. So there's a collapse by Rome. And uh, the Muslims quickly conquered the Middle East. And so when they're in control of all of this territory, and they have the Jews as demis there, demis are second-class citizens with less rights and extra taxes, so when they have the Jews and Jews there, they can claim whatever they want about the history, and there's no problem. 
But fast forward to the end of World War One, and the Ottoman Empire collapses, and Europe gobbles up all this old land that used to belong to the Ottomans. This eventually turns into the State of Israel in 1948, and all of a sudden you have this connection, this profound connection between ancient Israel and modern-day Israel. And it's, I don't know, it's like an energy beam that cuts through the fake history of Islam and connects the current reality to the past. You follow me? It's a... It's like an existential connection, a spiritual connection, a cultural, religious, and societal connection that impeaches the credibility of the bedrock of Islam. It digs up the Jewish pre-Islamic ruins of Judaism, and it just fans it in the, in the face of these people who claim that that's supposed to all be Islamic. Um, this analogy is especially fitting because Masafa San Yusuf remembers in his book, uh, Son of Hamas, the destruction of Jewish archaeological artifacts by the organization Hamas. Um, they tried to... I'm going to have to go. I think my wife needs me to do baby stuff. One second. Okay, we got Mama on it. About to quote from Masafa San Yusef. Quote, In the weeks prior to Sharon's visit to the site, so he's talking about the, the, uh, uh, the Temple Mount, the Muslim walk... Gov that's a governing Islamic authority there, had closed off the Temple Mount entirely to any archaeological oversight by the Israeli Antiquities Authority. Then, in carrying out construction work on new underground mosques at the site, they brought in heavy, earth-moving equipment. The evening news in Israel carried images of bulldozers, backhoes, and dump trucks working in and upon the site. Over the course of several weeks, dump trucks moved some 13,000 tons of rubble from the Temple Mount complex to city garbage dumps. News reports uh, from the dump showed archaeologists shaking their heads in disbelief as they held up remnants of artifacts retrieved from the rubble, some of them dating back to the first and second temple periods. That means um, thousand, you know, over a thousand years old. Or over <laughs> thousands of years old, over two thousand years old. Some of them. To many, oh, continuing with this quote, to many Israelis, it seemed clear that the intention was to return the entire thirty-five-acre compound into an exclusively Muslim site by erasing every sign, remnant, and memory of its Jewish past. This included the destruction of any archaeological findings that represented evidence of that history. That's the from the son of. One of the founders of Hamas. He's saying they're trying to erase the fact that the Jews had a history there. So why are they trying to dig up these artifacts and replacing them with mosques? They want to erase and replace history. Why? Because the Quran claims Abraham wasn't a Jew. He was a Muslim. How do and so what happens if we question that? Well, we're questioning the Quran. We're questioning the Word of God, and that's immoral. That I think that's the key. It's immoral to question it. Um, Osama bin Laden, I talked about his letter to America. That's a letter he wrote to all of us, the American people, after the 9-11 attacks, in which he was trying to answer two questions for us. Question number one is, why are we fighting and opposing you? That is Al-Qaeda. And two, what are we calling you to do and what do we want from you? So he says, I bet y'all are wondering why we did it. And I bet you're wondering what we could you could do to make us stop. Here's your, your letter. He wrote a letter. 
In it, he states the following belief, and I want you to keep in mind that what I just quoted from the Quran and what I just said from Hassan Youssef, I want you to remember that as you're reading what bin Laden says here. And if you think that there's only secular economic reasons for being angry, um, I ask you to just really question that. And listen to what, just listen to your enemies. You know, listen to, actually listen to what they're saying. Okay, this is Osama bin Laden. It brings us both laughter and tears to see that you have not yet tired of repeating your fabricated lies that the Jews have a historical right to Palestine, as it was promised to them in the Torah. Anyone who disputes with them of this alleged fact is accused of anti-Semitism. This is one of the most fallacious, widely circulated fabrications in history. The people of Palestine are pure Arabs and original Semites. It is the Muslims who are the inheritors of Moses, peace be upon him, and the inheritors of the real Torah that has not been changed. Muslims believe in all of the prophets, including Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon them all. Now listen to this. If the followers of Moses had been promised a right to Palestine in the Torah, then the Muslims are the most worthy nation of this. Okay, I'll continue. When the Muslims conquered Palestine and drove out the Romans, Palestine and Jerusalem returned to Islam. Returned to Islam. In other words, when the generation after Muhammad, when they threw the Romans out of Palestine, it returned to Islam, even though Islam had never existed before then. Somehow it was returning to Islam. Uh, the religion of the prophets, peace be upon them. Therefore, the call to a historical right to Palestine cannot be raised against the Islamic Ummah that believes in all the prophets of Allah. Peace and blessings be upon them, and we make no distinction between them. End quote. Now, if we take this religious view that Muslims always existed there and that Israel didn't really exist and it's all a lie. Doesn't that have so much more explanatory power for this this piece out of Osama bin Laden's letter? Doesn't this help explain why a very large part of the entire Arab world would hate Israel? Like, put yourself in, a, in bin Laden's head. I feel like this is easier for me because I used to be a fundamentalist. But just for a moment, just pretend you're convinced, absolutely convinced that Islam is true. You're absolutely convinced it's the word of Allah. You're absolutely convinced he won't lie to you. You're absolutely convinced that he's saying that Abraham was a Muslim. Okay? You feel shame and anger when you see these ancient Jewish artifacts. It's just like when I was a fundamentalist and I'd study evolution and it would make sense to my brain. And then I'd go, oh, that's evil of me to think that makes sense. It's not just a historical claim. There's a moral element tied up with it where not only does he have to say it was always Muslim, he feels immoral, he feels guilt if he ever starts thinking any other way. It must be a lie because Allah wouldn't lie. It must be wrong. And it's immoral to think otherwise and so therefore it must be silenced. Okay, this is something we need to hang on to as we look at two events that preceded the 9-11 terrorist attacks, both of which happened in the year 2000. These events are, one, the failure of the two-state solution of Palestine and Israel, and two, Sharon's visit to the Temple Mount. This is also, so if you take 
this idea that the Muslims are the preeminent religion, and that's what Abraham was historically, that helps explain why the two-state solution was rejected. Um, Palestinian Jewish state has been resisted by Palestinian authorities. And we need to talk about this because it leads up to Osama bin Laden's letter. But first, the two-state solution. I'm talking about the Camp David-Taba peace negotiations. Uh, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak shocked the world. He offered the Palestinians $30 billion in compensation for the 1948 refugees. He offered them their own state, and he gave up 95% of the West Bank and Gaza Strip. Arafat turned him down. He turned him down. To if, if you're thinking secularly at all, that's insane. That is so dumb. It makes no sense at all. If you're, oh, colonialism and economics, you don't turn down $30 billion, okay? Just so you can stop, you know, terrorist attacks. We've got to get more complex. This is a good point to remind listeners that not all Muslims hate Jews. In fact, Prince Bandar of Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia has like a history of being more friendly with the West, thought Arafat was crazy. He was, could you take, get a bit, he asked him, could you get a better deal? And told him, take this deal. It's because he's uh, much more of a pragmatist, okay? But he's thinking more like a secular person. Why don't you realize that? Masaba San Yusef calls Arafat a traitor to his own people, citing how beneficial having all of these things would have been for them, and it would have stopped the fighting. But it's not an option. It's not an option to sign it on the table. Why? Here's a tidbit from a sermon from the Palestinian Authority on April 30th, 1999. Quote, The land of Muslim Palestine is a single unit which cannot be divided. There is no difference between Haifa and Shechem, between Lod and Ramallah, between Jerusalem and Nazareth. The land of Palestine is sacred waf land for the benefit of all Muslims east and west. No one has the right to divide it or give up any of it. The liberation of Palestine is obligatory for all the Islamic nations. All of them. Okay, he says all of them. And not only for the Palestinian nation. End quote. Now, I want to note here, I'm not calling all, saying all Muslims hate Jews. But I am saying that in our culture, we, we rightly want to protect against discrimination against other cultures and belief systems. And that's great. I don't think you should ever be rude to some girl just because she's wearing a hijab. I'm all about guarding against bigotry. But if you take that sentiment and now extend it to where you're ignoring very obvious data about belief systems, that's a problem. Okay, Be loving, but you can also think. Turn your brain on. And yeah, you can. You don't have to pick between your heart and your brain. You can choose both. Um, and if there's Muslims out there and you're listening and you love Jews, great. I have no complaint against you. You can believe whatever you want. You know, I'm going to... I'll cross-examine you on things you believe about your religion, but I'll do it with you as friends, you know, like play video games together. I really, you, you, it's not like, oh, my team, your team, my team good, your team bad. You know, if hey, if you have better evidence and you can convince me, then go ahead. You know, I'll go wherever the truth goes. With all that said, place, we're ready to look at Osama bin Laden's letter to America, and we'll do that in our next episode.